I have a theory called piling on precedents, which is that early in our relationships, uh, we do things for our partners because we love them and we just want to care for them. And we may be repeating what we saw in our own family. And um, when we do that, we don't talk about it. We just like take care of them. We intuit their needs and we take care of them and take care of the things. And what happens is that if when we take care of them enough, our partners forget about them. Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break, but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. Hey mom, short on time but feeling like you're at the end of your rope or that your bucket is nearing empty? Grab this list of 15 self-care practices that you can do in under 15 minutes. These ideas will get you quickly back on track and are great for moms who are limited on time. I think that's most of us. So check out the show notes or go to momswithoutcapes.com backslash self-care-ideas to download your list today. Today on the Moms Without Capes podcast, we've got Dr. Morgan Cutlett. Welcome to the show, Morgan. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. With a master's in human development and family science and a PhD in counseling psychology, Dr. Morgan Cutlett is a relationship expert and the co-founder of My Love Thinks, an organization that creates educational content to help people have loving and lasting relationships. Throughout her career, she has helped hundreds of thousands of people worldwide learn how to form and maintain healthy relationships. Dr. Morgan is originally from Ohio, but currently lives in Southern California with her husband, Chad, and two spirited kids, Effie and Roy. On today's show, Dr. Morgan will be sharing about something us moms carry with us way too often, the invisible mental load. So Dr. Morgan, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. How about we start with you sharing about your journey and how you got to be where you are today? Yeah, I want to share one quick thing. I, um, since we're talking about the mental load, I'm putting together some free gifts that really go right in line with this topic. So I would love for people to check those out at our website. It's my love things backslash moms. So um, I think it will totally dovetail with what we're talking about today. Awesome. So my journey, I, I feel like I've been in the field of relationships since I was a little girl. My um, father has his doctorate in psychology and started writing courses at a, my gosh, I think before they were cool, maybe 30 years ago, he started writing courses. And when he was working on his PhD, I used to go to classes with him and I would ride in the car with him um, and we would play this game. It was like a 30, 40 minute drive where he would give me fake cases. Um, <laughs> I was probably six years old at the time and um, would ask me, you know, what would you do with this family? What would you do with this couple? What would you do? And it was my one of my 
favorite things to talk about with my dad. And so I feel like whether, whether it was intentional or not, he was like raising his future coworker. I love it. I used to do Dear Abby with my mom. Oh, <laughs> he was like, what would we say to that, to that reading? <laughs> fun to think critically about to come up with strategies um and so i think that really cultivated an interest in this field for me and then he started um traveling around teaching his first course which was for singles um and i would go with him i started going to marriage conferences i went 18 years in a row which is crazy <laughs> um and um spoke with him sometimes and so i feel like i kind of grew up in this field and i ended up pursuing um my, my degrees as well. So I could kind of have my own uh, niche in my own career, but also alongside him. And so I, all of my research and work throughout my years of education were around relationships. And then I've been working with him for a number of years where we, you know, I feel like what we do best is we take uh, psychological concepts and principles and we make them practical. Like, what can you do about these things? What can you do to make real changes in your relationship? So that's that's my story. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, so for all the listeners, I actually was introduced to Morgan through a program that my church had, and it was with her and her dad, and it was virtual. So we watched on the big projector screen, but immediately following, or actually, I think it was after the first night, I found her on Instagram. So definitely go follow her on Instagram because she has such, like she said, practical advice. And she, you know, the psychological, you know, theories and all of that really um, comes alive on your posts. So I, I, I enjoy your posts. So I, I definitely recommend going and following, <laughs> following you on Instagram. Thank you. So let's dive into the mental load. And this is a term that many people might not even be familiar with, but yet they struggle with it all the same. And so why don't we start with kind of defining what that is and giving a little background information about the mental load. Yeah, I think if, if people don't know what this is after you hear what it is, I think it'll be a light bulb moment because when I learned about it, I guess maybe three or four years ago now is when I first heard about it. And I was like, this is it. This is <laughs> the name. Sometimes just defining our experiences is so liberating. So I was like, oh my gosh, finally, this is it. Like this whirling sensation I experience in my life, this spinning has a title. So the invisible load, it's also called the mental load or invisible labor is basically something that's um, predominantly carried by women. I know we'll talk more about that. Um, and it's the running list of to-dos and all that's involved in it that we carry around in our heads. Things like um, organizing the home, researching things, the worry work of the family, managing our relationships, restocking the, the home, remembering, reminding, um, all of this stuff. And I think there are, there are two really important pieces to it. One, it's in the title, but it's invisible. A lot of this stuff um, is not so obvious. It's kind of like, oh, Nobody really talks about how toilet paper ends up in the cabinet or on the roll. Like it just shows up. This is stuff that we're doing like these little ninjas behind the scene taking care of it. Or nobody talks about what the steps are to get that clean laundry in the drawer. And so it becomes really kind of challenging to explain it to our family and our partners because it's invisible, because they kind of 
you know, I don't think it's malicious, but gets taken for granted a little bit. And then the other piece that's really important about the mental load is that it occupies uh, a lot of our cognitive capacity. And so it takes up space in our minds and it crowds other, other things out and it's exhausting. It's exhausting remembering all these things. We're like this big holding container for all the inner workings of our family life. And um, that's a massive task. You just brought something, like I didn't realize that second part, even though it is so apparent. Like I'm thinking of the times that you walk into a room and you forget what it is that you went into the room for because you're thinking of so many things. And I notice you know, with my husband, he has that one track mind. And like, when he has that mission, like he has to go get that done. Whereas like me, like going to bed takes me like half an hour because I've got to make sure the doors are locked. I've got to make sure the kids are like all of the things that are going through the mind. And then I ended up feeling very resentful. Yes. Feeling like angry and resentful and just feeling like, why am I doing it all? Why am I? Because he doesn't know that all of these things are have to get done in my mind and they're all in my mind they're invisible and then to say well just to explain it feels like oh my gosh I don't have the end it's hard <laughs> now I gotta be like um remember it and speak it and then that feels really exhausting and too and so it becomes this really like tricky tricky thing to navigate I I think you know one other way that I like to kind of bring the mental load to life is to pick an object in the home and unpack it. Because I think that the objects in our home are sort of like these representations of just a sliver of our mental load. And then when you look around your home and you say, oh, look at all of the things, um, it becomes so expansive. So for, let me give you an example. Um, my, my daughter is really sensitive um, to her clothing. So if I took a pair of her leggings, they have a story all their own that describes one little tiny part of my mental load, which is that I have ordered probably 10 different brands of leggings. So that's thinking about, you know, what she likes, what she doesn't like, what's important in the legging, researching the different brands, taking the time to sit down and find the different brands to order them, to then have her try them on and deal with the emotions of her. Yes. <laughs> so even that, like managing my own self when she's melting down, right? So, uh, so all those things. And then finally finding the winner, washing them, folding them, <laughs> Stock, making sure she always has clean ones. They they tell us that's just a pair of leggings. Like, <laughs> it's just one little thing. Go to the pantry. Go to the you know. Go to where you keep your dry foods. I mean, what does each item in there say? How many times have you touched those items and reorganized them? So I think you know sometimes it's challenging to explain it to our partners. But if we can say, okay, let me unpack this one thing. That's all the stuff that I'm carrying around that maybe you've never thought about. And I can do that for just about everything in the home. Right, right. So what are some, what are some of the effects of the mental load? Like if we're not making the, the invisible visible, what, what damage can it do to our relationships and to ourselves? Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say there's two pieces. Yeah sort of like these within effects and then there's the relational effects. So the within is um, stress. I mean, when you look at 
I mean, the effects of stress are, are absolutely insane um, on our physical selves and our emotional selves. You look at the rates of autoimmune disease and it's staggering to how many women compared to men. And there's different reasons for that, but stress is absolutely a factor. So that's a big one. It can affect your sex drive um, partially because of the stress, but also it crowds out like this cognitive capacity piece. How do you feel like you're in a sexy state of mind when you're thinking about all the stuff you got to do? Uh, it increases anxiety, can lead to burnout, depression, all sorts of things. So that's the individual factors. It's it's significant. It's not a little deal. Um, the relational stuff is what you talked about already. Resentment is a big one. I think it can just start to be like uh, this entry point in creating disconnect uh, in your relationship that sort of, you know, when you're and your partner aren't in a good place and you feel that tension, mm -hmm. your relationship feels, sours the tone. Um, and that can start to trickle into all other areas of your relationship. And then um, I mentioned already with the, with, with the individual piece, but also the relational piece, I think it affects our sex lives um, in a pretty significant way. Yeah, I, I find that to be true too. And it creates that stress. And, you know, you can't be in the moment with your spouse when you're thinking, when you're checking off all of the things or going through your, your mental checklist. Yeah, that's for I, sure. Like that's one piece of it. Another piece that I hear a lot from women is, um, it's, it's, so I have lots of thoughts about this. So we don't have to get into this, but one thing I do hear from them is, you know, it's now it's something I got to do for him, but mm -hmm. he's not doing the things I need him to do outside the bedroom. So it becomes this sort of, yes. I call it standoff where you're like, mm -hmm. want something from each other that you're not getting. And um, that can create all sorts of issues. Absolutely. Absolutely. The mission of Moms Without Capes is to empower super moms. Moms who don't make time for themselves because they are so busy taking care of everyone and everything else. My goal is to help you get comfortable with hanging up your cape. You might be holding on tight to your cape, tying your worth to your to-do list, packing your schedule and running the kids all over town, sacrificing or postponing your own passions, neglecting your health, and at the end of the day, falling into bed exhausted and already worrying about what needs to get done tomorrow. Sound familiar? This was me for about a decade. The guilt, the shame, the resentment, the overwhelm, the exhaustion. I struggled to put myself on my to-do list, and when I did, I was last on the list, and rarely did I feel up to doing anything that would make me feel good. So my health, my mood, and my family suffered because of it. I started with the doing part, because I am an action taker, and so I began implementing small acts of self-care into my days. Being intentional about doing one small thing each day that was just for me. Then I began doing the internal work, the mindset shifts, the self-discovery, and the self-building that helped me truly love myself. Before then, I struggled with low self-esteem, lacked confidence, and was constantly criticizing myself. I had limited boundaries, which led me to saying yes, even when I meant no. I learned how to identify what I wanted and needed and then got good at communicating what I needed and wanted. I started dealing with the perfectionism that ruled my life and 
I started practicing self-compassion. Maybe you are struggling with many of these same issues and you recognize yourself in what I just shared. If so, I invite you to sign up for a discovery call with me. I get it. I can help you let go of that super mom cape and not only find the woman hiding underneath, but fall in love with her. You do not have to do this alone. I want to help you. In the show notes of today's episode, you will find the link to my calendar. Let's talk about what's going on for you and see if working together would make sense on your journey to discovering and loving yourself. Speaking of the other half, do dads carry the mental load? Like, do they, what what has been your findings on that? Yeah, I think it depends. It's so I talk about the mental load a lot on Instagram and every now and then I'll get this message and it's like, I'm a dad and I carry the mental load. I'm like, well, I've posted about this hundreds of times and I've heard from two men. So I <laughs> so you, you got some unicorns. <laughs> yeah. But at minimum, I mean, every, if, if I mean, things are changing and there are more stay at home dads than there ever have been before. And so, um, those are they, they're welcome on my space. They're welcome to the table for this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are some some men and some dads who do. I I also and also we have a podcast and we interviewed a man to hear okay. his perspective on the mental load. And it was really interesting. He was really honest about it. Like I I one of the questions I asked him was, um, you know, he was working in the home now, but before he wasn't. And I said, if you had a pie chart how much of your pie chart was occupied um, by like thinking about things in your home life and your family life. And he's like, well, a lot for my family, but like actual things that need taken care of, like a tiny slipper. So I was like, (laughs) I don't think it's the same way for a lot of women. And so I think there are men that do, I think it's less common for men to feel this way. And I think, you know, what's, what we're really wanting and what women feel like they often occupy is if you think of it like a company, I think women feel like we're the owners of like the company and we have partners who are employees. You know, we're like, this is what we need to do. This is how we need it done. And we're, we're delegating and handing out orders. And what we're really after is like, we, but we want to be co-owners. We want our partners to step into taking some personal responsibility for all the stuff that needs done in the home. Right. We end up being project managers. Yes, exactly. I found this great quote and I'm going to look through. I wrote it down on the post-it, but I have, okay, here we go. I don't want to micromanage housework. I want to partner with equal initiative. And I feel like that has a lot to do with like that project manager, like feeling like it's just one more thing. Like, okay, so you want me to tell you what I'm thinking, but then that's going to create like that, 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 that takes work and energy and thought to be able to do that. And I, you know, I got to, I got to put a lot of energy into that. And so it's easier just to keep it to myself. Yeah. And then I think there's resentment. Um, So I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of speaking it out and asking, but I do think that there is then this resentment piece, which is why is it assumed I own it all? Yes. (laughs) Like I'm the owner of these responsibilities when it's absolutely responsibility and so I think that's the other piece about it that becomes really tricky yeah why do I have to ask can you not just see it can you just see that the stuff can you see that the leggings that she prefers a certain kind of leggings she's your child too right Right. (laughs) I know I had this 
like recently we went to in and out and um my kid our kids get the same thing every mm -hmm. and they out. So were there a lot and we pull up and my husband's like what do you want what <laughs> and i think it was just one of those days i'm usually very good about these things and i was like you don't know yet and <laughs> got it <laughs> because also his response was well sometimes they change their minds <laughs> true and so i think some you know it's helpful to get that perspective as well mm -hmm. But yeah, he was like, okay, like noted. <laughs> Next time we went, he's like, he's like fired he's it. Yeah. Yeah, off their order, like nothing. But yeah, I think that's a frustrating piece of it. So how do we, how do we let our spouse know? Like, what do you suggest or what advice do you have to be able to let our spouse know what, what we're carrying? Yeah, this is the million dollar question. So one of those free things that I talked about, one of them that I'm creating is actually like a guide to walk you through having this conversation because um, it's a really tricky conversation to have. And a lot of times there's all these roadblocks that come up, whether it's defensiveness or just being in completely different pages about expectations around who does what. So it, it helps navigate all of that. So, I mean, part of it is you have you have to talk about it. That's like the very unsexy. <laughs> like everyone's like, boo, give us something. <laughs> so you do have to initiate a conversation about it, particularly because um, it's invisible and you have to start making it visible. But now you know the word for it, right? Now we all know the word for it. So we can put words to that. Yes. And I think that you know, the reason why I unpacked the legging story is I think that sometimes doing something like that with your partner can help bring it to life. If they're like, I don't really like, I don't really get it. Just do one thing at a time, right? Like yeah. it's kind of cliche advice that sometimes we're given. It can help to bring it to life and make it really real. But so they say, I, just tell me what, just tell me what I need to do. What do you need help with? <laughs> yeah. So like, some of this language around project manager or owner versus employee, I think these types of languages can help when you're having this conversation and, and to bring it to life. And so that's a piece of it. Um, there's other things that you can just start incorporating. So I have this theory around why our loads get so heavy. I think there's, of course, there's like the societal things, there's the gender role things, there's all this stuff that has an importance, but I like to be in the practical, so I'll share that. I have a theory called piling on precedence, which is that early in our relationships, uh, we do things for our partners because we love them and we just want to care for them. And we may be repeating what we saw in our own family. Mm -hmm. And um, when we do that, we don't talk about it. We just like take care of them. We intuit their needs and we take care of them and take care of the things. And what happens is that when we take care of them enough, our partners forget about them. <laughs> They're right. like, oh, that's taken care of. I don't need to think about that anymore. And it gets removed from their awareness because we've got it. Right. And I do this with thing after thing after thing, and we don't talk about it. Then kids come into play and literally overnight, our amount of responsibilities exponentially grows. Yes. And then we're like, we can't do this anymore. Why don't you know what to do? <laughs> like, why don't you see it? Why can't you take initiative? And it's like, ah. 
it's not a blame thing. It's a shared responsibility. And I think partners need to step into being in an ownership role, but also maybe we've taken care of a lot of stuff and basically fired them from some of those responsibilities. And so the solution to that is one to not take on any more things without having a conversation um, because it's important that they keep it in their mind, that it's in their awareness. And so if you get an invitation to a party and normally you would just take care of all of the pieces of that, this time you say, hey, we got an invitation. Can you handle that this time? You got RSVP, you got to get the gift. You got to do this. Yeah, I've been actually doing that yes. <laughs> with birthday gifts. Yes. I'm like, you know, why am I like jumping and running out and getting all the presents and stuff? Yes. And you do have to ask. That is like the number one thing you have to, bring it to the attention you've probably been doing it most of your relationship mm -hmm. so, so we have to like it's almost like an unwinding or unraveling of past ways and so part mm -hmm. of it is just not taking it on anymore and talking it out and when you talk it out like I actually it's really probably annoying but nobody's complained to my family I will narrate what I do sometimes and this isn't just for my husband but it's also <laughs> for the kids um, and I'll kind of talk through like, oh, I got, you know, this in the mail. So now I'm going to have to do this, this, and this. And I, and I walk them through it because I don't want them to think that I'm just like a ninja and things magically get done. I want them to understand all that goes into it. And then also it's an opportunity for them to jump in. Um, my husband asks me this question a lot where he'll say, what's on your plate for today? And I'll tell him, I'll say, oh, I can take care of A and D. Yeah. Got that for you. So I think the more we can make things visible, the, the better off we are. Um, there's all sorts of things. You know, Fair Play is like a New York Times bestselling book on this, and she has a game that helps if you're very, um, you know, systematic about it, um, that can kind of help show the distribution differences. Mm -hmm which I think is good. You can list things out if you want to. It kind of depends how receptive your partner is and how that conversation goes. And then you can kind of determine what are my next steps. Yeah, next steps. Sure. I'll just say one more thing. There's yeah. so much. One more thing is when you think about this conversation, it's also good to be one step ahead. So have the conversation, but also think about what do you want out of it? Because sometimes we want logistical help. Like we just want our partner to take certain things on. And if that's the case, be, be prepared to talk about those things. Sometimes we just need them to understand and offer us support and encouragement and appreciation. And so I think having that like step two in mind when we go into this conversation can really help us be, be clear. I love that. Yeah, because I, you know, I know just with my own husband, there'll be some times where he'll start offering advice or he'll say, and I'm like, that's not what I need. Yeah. <laughs> I just need you to listen right now. I just need you to provide some validation for that I'm feeling this, this way. Like, and then, you know, if I do want that advice, then I come prepared, like, okay, I need your help. Help me yeah. figure this out. How are we going to get this done? Exactly. And I think sometimes like our partners will leave conversations about things like this. And they'll, they'll be like, yeah, okay. Like I got this, I got <laughs> going to do better. And then, then they leave it and they're like, I don't really know what doing better looks like. 
Mm. And so I'm not saying that it's our job to like spoon feed them, but I am saying know what you want to see be different so that you guys can be on the same page with your expectations. Absolutely. Love that advice. Hey, did you know that there's a Facebook group filled with moms without capes? Women who are learning that it's safe to take off the superwoman cape and take care of themselves? There sure is, and we'd love to have you in the group. Moms Without Capes is a free community for moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed out, and exhausted from trying to do it all. Come discover who you are under that cape and give yourself permission to show yourself some love. Search Moms Without Capes when you're in Facebook or follow the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you there. So how do you practice self-care? You know, I just like to, I ask this question of every guest because I like to help listeners realize that it's completely personal. It's not something you have to buy or purchase or go on like a week long vacation in order to take care of yourself. What do you do to recharge and feel like your best self? A lot of things. Okay. (laughs) um, Exercise is important. I feel like that's the most cliche answer you could ever give, but even when you look at the research, it just, you get a lot of bang for your buck with that one. So um, we've set our situation up where we have stuff we can do at home, my husband and I both. And so I don't have to leave the kids, but I can get up a little bit earlier. So I do that in the mornings to make me feel like I start the day off doing prepared. (laughs) I don't wake up and go right into pouring into everybody else. So that's one thing Um, in the moment when I'm in a bad spot or just feeling it, it's usually a music thing I go to where I turn on something that just seems to hit right. And I turn it up really loud and I dance. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This other one is uh, you can do in the moment as well that I found helpful. If you look at the research on willpower, willpower, I, lots of like ways of understanding it but part of it is is that it helps us regulate you know our will and when we regulate a lot as us moms do through the day um, we use up our willpower we use up that capacity and there's a lot of studies that talk about not deep breathing but slowing down your breathing so you actually slow your heart rate so just like really slowing your breath and having longer time between each breath um, can help to extend your willpower and your ability to regulate. And that actually works very well. And I've found myself, I've been a bit more stressed lately. I found myself doing that a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I could go on for a long time. Nice. But <laughs> so what, what book would you recommend either based on the mental load or a book that has been life-changing to you that has had a great impact on you? I love the book Burnout by Emily Nagowski and um, Amelia Nagowski. They're sisters. Have you read it? I haven't. Mm-mm. I really like it. It, um, it talks a lot about our stress cycle and gives you uh, ways of kind of, di- it's called discharging or cl- completing the cycle. And it's been like a book that I just keep in the forefront of my mind all the time. It's been really. Yeah. I'll have to add that to my list of books. <laughs> so Morgan, where can listeners find you? So I'm mostly on Instagram. As you said, my handle is doctor and there's no period. It's just Dr. Morgan Cutlip, 
like an injury to your lip is how it's spelled. Um, and also on our website, my love thinks. And if you do backslash moms, um, there's going to be there's content there just for moms, more on the mental load, um, and also free gifts that that cover a lot that's involved in this topic. And even guilt. I have a freebie there about guilt, because I think that part of stepping into talking about the mental load or stepping into caring for ourselves in the way we need means we have to get rid of that guilt. Yep, absolutely. So all of Dr. Morgan's information is going to be found in the show notes of today's episode. I'll also throw in the one with the backslash mom. And so go ahead and check that all out. And Dr. Morgan, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing with us your wisdom. Thank you for having me. Hey there, super mom. If you enjoyed this episode of the Moms Without Capes podcast, be sure to subscribe and listen to other episodes where I help you learn how to hang up your supermom cape so that you can take care of yourself and be the woman that your family needs. And while you're at it, leave a five-star review. Here's one that just came in from Kay Fritz. Calling all mamas. Ani's podcast is a gift. She is real about the good, the bad, and the ugly of motherhood, and her podcast will having you nodding along. She interviews great guests, has a wonderful sense of humor, and is so relatable. Thanks for listening to this episode, and be sure to tune into future episodes where you may just hear your review read on air. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.